0: They're embarrassed. They don't want to be, you know, walking through a, a foreign land and being on the street asking for money or asking for food or asking for for anything, clothing just to stay warm. So it's it's kind of fascinating how you could see these people are looked at as being invisible, that they don't even exist.
1: He brought out a plate and he said, "This is what we give to people. This is their meal for today." I I mean, uh, seeing them how how they live like with children like that really touched my heart.
0: And they're already labeled, just like we label people in our ways, but these people are already labeled as being bad people.
1: And you read it all over Casa Monarca. You are working in the kitchen, you read no human being is illegal. Like you read it everywhere. If I think we all had compassion, not selective compassion, if we had compassion for all, the world wouldn't be like this. I don't know, I have a difficult time.
2: In this week's episode, we're talking to a group of passionate volunteers who offer their time helping out an organization called Casa Monarca. The name itself, the House of the Monarchs, is quite fitting since Monterey is a passing point for the yearly monarch butterfly migration. However, Casa Monarca is on the front lines of a different migration challenge. Every year, about 15,000 migrants pass through the Mexican border, fleeing their countries because of violence or insecurity, inequality,
3: lack of employment. They find themselves passing through the streets of Monterey. Think about Casa Monarca as a place where they they take care of the migrants on a day-to-day basis. They provide food, clothing, shoes, hygiene products, medical service, legal advising. They're probably the only shelter that they can find in our city. So in this episode, we're going to refer to two municipalities here in Monterrey. One is called Santa Catarina, which is very industrial, just like our city. In fact, there's over 300 factories in it. And the other one is San Pedro, which couldn't be more opposite. San Pedro is probably the wealthiest municipality, not only in Monterrey, but in Mexico. In
2: all of Latin America.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, think green parks, uh, restaurants, lots of malls, lots of uh, businesses and activity. And these two municipalities are connected by train tracks. And very often we'll find that this is the place that migrants either get off from the trains or tend to hang out and get together. So mm, let's hear from them.
0: Uh, my name is Michael Constantini. I'm a teacher at ASFM. I teach high school English. Well, Casa Monarca is, is an organization. It's a non-for-profit. And from, from my experience in working there and going there uh, as often as uh, we go, it's they're trying to help out the unfortunate, especially the migrants that are coming through Mexico uh, from Latin America. Uh, most of the migrants that we have experienced have been from Honduras. The migrants that we have been dealing with, it seems like it's always the same ones. I, I know you, you see the news, how they're always saying there's so many, like when you watch the news in the States, they're saying there's so many migrants coming through Mexico, but I mean, when, when we're out delivering food, always the same people. We're not seeing any new people. And The most disturbing thing that, that we see is uh, families. I mean, there's husband, wife with children, and they're embarrassed. They don't want to be, you know, walking through a, a foreign land and being on the street, asking for money, or asking for food, or asking for, for anything, clothing just to stay warm, to try to give a better life to their to their Your family, to their family, right? So, sometimes they don't look you in the eye. But I think that the, as we go there more often, they get to see. They know who you are. They know my vehicle. As soon as I pull up, um, they come right up, and you, we can have conversations with them. And their biggest issue that they have, um, they think the people in Monterey are very nice. Uh, the biggest issue is the police. Uh, the police will actually, if they see the police, the police will come. The police will take their money. Uh, they will abuse uh, the migrants. They will beat the migrants. Um, a lot of the women have been raped. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty nasty. It, it's actually, there's a law that's in this area that uh, there's not even a migrant that can walk through San Pedro where they get arrested. The people in San Pedro, they'll want to see them. Uh, they're invisible. If they even walk through San Pedro, they will be arrested and taken out of San Pedro. So it's it's kind of fascinating how you could see these people are looked at as being invisible, that they don't even exist. When we go out there and we do this, and, and some of the kids that I bring, because I bring, you know, students that want to go, it's really disturbing for them. We go there on Saturday mornings. You could get there between 10, 1030. You, know, you could be in a kitchen. There's usually maybe two or three people in the kitchen. you could work with them in the kitchen, uh, making the from anything from tacos, Tia. Yeah, like tortillas, um, oh. hot dogs, some type of pasta. Uh, they really don't get the best nutrition. But I will say this, Casa Monarca, the way that they have their organization stand, uh, you know work, it's always the same women there on a Saturday, you know that when we go there, um, they work, they're in the kitchen. Uh, people are bringing clothes Uh, the neighborhood is really welcoming where they are in santa catarina The, the neighborhood is really welcome so even if you know some migrants come to santa catarina you know they'll welcome inside the casa you know they could use the shower there's clothing there for them if they want to use if they want a new pair of clothes or anything so it's a real beautiful thing that they're doing the hardest part is going to the streets and when you're delivering the food, because when you see these people on the street, there's sometimes, you know, uh, as we're delivering food, they're just like, could you just give me a jacket? Mm-hmm. You know, could you give me shoes? Could you? Uh, Lights
1: or a torch or something like that.
0: Is that like lighter or uh-huh. something? Yeah. Like? Anything. Yeah. yeah. We saw someone, I think it was going into last summer that she was with her child and her child's uh, right arm looked like it was bubbling, like it was burned so bad, like third degree burn. And uh, she's walking around with this child. And we're like, you know, you have to you have to go to a, a doctor. You have to see someone. But they don't have the money to do it. Um, they rather stay out on the street to to try to get money. Because if they leave the street and try to get to Casa Monarca, they're losing a, a few hours of trying to get money to survive. Mm. So that's the most difficult part. The most difficult part, too, for me, especially that, you know, I... I tell the kids on Saturdays, please, please, you know, let's go to Casa Monarca. And here's the funny thing. Like, I I know they have the CSL hours at the school, you know, for community service and stuff. But the only thing the kids are interested in are are the hours. They're not interested in going there to help out the people. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, these people are right in front of your face, but they don't notice it. Uh, I do have students, uh, I have one particular student that's there every Saturday. She doesn't miss a Saturday. It's actually to a point they call her the, the, the head person on Saturdays when she goes <laughs> yes. there. Uh, and so what types of things, when students go, right. do they do? Like when well, they one work? of the first thing they have to do, uh, you just can't go there and just start uh, helping out. You yeah. have to go there. There's a presentation that you have to go through. Okay. And the presen- okay. yeah, there's a presentation that Father Safala actually, um, he presents. It's about 45 minutes. And he presents exactly what uh, Casa Monarca what it does for the community, right? Um, so one of the first things that they do, they, they try to get people to understand that these these migrants coming through are, are considered illegal. But how could they be considered illegal? How could we consider people illegal? And that's the one of the biggest thing that Father Zaval is, 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 is fighting against with the UN, with the states. Um, he's He's traveled all over Europe just trying to be like... Look at what we're doing, and um, and these people that are being displaced throughout this the entire one. planet. It's not just happening here in Mexico. It's happening in Europe because of what's happening in in Iraq and in Syria and what's going on in Yemen. And these people are trying to flee their homelands. They don't want to leave. Who wants to leave their home their homelands? So it's uh, a lot of these people are are going through a really this really one. difficult time.
1: Hi, this is Marva Michael's wife, and um, I started going to Casa Monarca with Michael for the first time I went to the interview to listen to Father Zavala, what he was uh, explaining to me. I mean, it was in Spanish, but I mean, it was, I understood a lot. It touched my heart the most when I saw he brought out a plate. And he said, this is what we give to people. This is their meal for today. And then I started crying. What was in that plate? I mean, just a small plate and there's one piece of chicken, one piece of rice and uh, like one piece of bread, which is a beautiful thing they do. They cook for them and they get food. But the thing is like, I realized that how greedy i am or how we are lucky not greedy and lucky and uh, i thought of the food i eat throughout one day and i looked at the food that they eat they don't eat actually anything so i mean that changed a lot of things in my mind and then i started going there every saturdays with michael and then i started uh, working in the kitchen with those ladies and uh, the thing is, uh, like, there is food for everyone. But on the other hand, like, uh, I mean, food is not the point. Like, you just want to do more for them. Like, you, you just, like, see those kids, those children, the families. Like, the most uh, effective thing or the sad thing to me was, like, there was a woman around my age. And then I asked her, like, where are you from? Because we take notes. Like, we have a list, like, they are from Honduras. They are from Nicaragua and how many kids, how many women, how many men, and then, uh, like, uh, I asked her, she was from Chiapas, like, from Mexico, and then, I think she was around my age, and she had two little kids, and then, the way, like, we had an eye contact, and in, in that moment, I can never forget her eyes, like, I will never forget her eyes, like, Then that night when I was in bed, I started thinking of her. Like, we are taking a hot shower, clean shower. And what do they do? I mean, they can't even... They have... They live in uncertain... Like, they... Uncertainty? Like, Mm -hmm. nothing is certain. Like like i mean in their lives they live in fear because when the police approaches they have to protect their kids or they have to protect themselves from the police and it's so sad like they have to do this like seeing the police like when i was a little girl i thought that the police would protect us or like it would give some comfort some kind of comfort but i realized that here i mean not only here but in the world now it's, things are changing the police I heard from these families, these women, how what they do to these women and what they take their money and food, everything like. And it's so sad, like, that we live in a society like this, that no one wants to help each other. And the lack of compassion, I think we can see, looking at the politicians, lack of po- compassion is just destroying this planet and destroying families, destroying innocent people. If I think we all had compassion, not selective compassion, if we had uh, like compassion for all, the world wouldn't be like this. I don't know. I have a difficult time continuing my life. Since I started going to these Saturdays, lots of have changed for me. Like the way that I consume things or the way that I get sad at things. Like I worry about my future, like let's say retirement, whatever. But I don't think, I mean, I should worry about this too much anymore. Seeing these people made me when more... people are yeah. trying to yeah. worry about
3: the uh-huh. day-to-day, the hour-to-hour. Hour-to-hour, hour. yes,
1: that's the thing. And then the following week we go, and it's always the same people. And I can't believe what we did in one week, like our life. We did so many things. We went to birthdays, we did this, we did that, and everything, and... I the Saturday morning we go there again and then you face the reality and they are still there the same families the same people asking for money asking for food asking for the blanket that we we have in the car for our dog full of hair you know they said can I get that blanket and then you know I like it's our dog's Blanket. I wish I could give a better blanket like but then since then I started carrying lots of things that which I mean Casa Monarca prepares the food and everything but I started giving like you everyone like most of the teachers also help with uh, clothing too, like blankets and things like that. I mean there are lots of help there's lots of help coming but I think like we give the help to Casa Monarca which is beautiful but when we go, go out on the streets like having something with you is also a good thing so you can give them. They want anything. They appreciate anything. Uh, first aid kids, for example. I, I mean, uh, seeing them, how, how they live like with children like that really touched my heart.
4: I'm Lindy. Uh, I've lived in Monterey, guess, off and on for 10 years. And I learned about Casa through Merobe and Michael. To be honest, right now is the most I've learned about it, (laughs) and it's really opening up my eyes. So I've heard of it through Mary and Michael, and um, I'm actually organizing a—I organize a weekly veggie box through a local (laughs) farmer who does all organic vegetables and fruits from the area. And there's about 10 of us each week that orders a, a veggie box from him. Which I think is
3: great to be yes. aware of. Yes, yes. group of people and you guys are supporting the mm. whole system. It's, it's
1: and we all appreciate that. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do Well, mm-hmm. because we
4: appreciate it so much, I thought somebody else should benefit from this um, beautiful yes. food. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought we could get together and everybody Pitch in 30 pesos a week, which is nothing, about like a dollar. It's like a dollar, yeah, a yeah.
3: dollar 25 or something like that. Yeah. yeah,
4: and we can order a full box of vegetables for, and donate it to Casa Manarca mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And actually the farmer who does all the food, he will actually add on top of the amount mm-hmm. that we order, he usually okay. adds an extra box. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he almost like so yeah. he donates, matches it. Yeah, he matches it and donates. So... We've only done this a few times, but now that I'm hearing about Mm -hmm. what type of food that people are getting served, it's making me really want to continue it and maybe even get more or try to figure something out. Yeah, that Um, would be amazing. I also, because I've been, before doing this podcast, I said, oh, I didn't do anything, I haven't done anything, I don't know anything about Mm -hmm. Casa (laughs) Monarca, I've only dropped the food off. Um... But you don't know how much that's helping,
1: though. Yes. Yeah, I that's mean, so, they appreciate it.
4: I do see like how much of an impact it could be having, mm-hmm. but I also would like to be more involved mm-hmm. in this and see yeah. the people yes.
1: if this food is going to Yes,
4: the
2: families. The families. Well, it's it's interesting. I just kind of read on their site. I mean, you guys know because you see them and you've delivered the food, but I think it it said that they're delivering up to six hundred and fifty meals per month, and so. It's a lot of meals, and yeah. and I, I've i gone there with Lindy to drop the food off, and I often wondered myself, I'm like, I wonder what they do with it, or, like, mm-hmm. where is it going? Yeah. Well, yeah. now mm-hmm. I know. That's a little
3: yeah, kind of, it's, uh,
0: it, it's going mm-hmm. to, uh, it's they're getting something that they're not getting during the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're delivering food like that, they're not really getting the best nutrition. I mean, they're getting something into their body.
1: They all appreciate it. Like- well, well, it's,
3: it, I guess that, you know, When you haven't eaten, like you're really not concerned about your vitamin intake level. But then you said, like, okay, you cook the meal, and then you go out there. You could go deliver. Okay, so you go deliver. How how does that work? Like, do you guys recognize the people? You know their corners, or like, or just go out and how do you identify these migrants, particularly? The first time that we went there. We had no idea what Casa
0: Monarca was. They had us actually upstairs in the in their attic where we were just putting clothes together, you know, shirts, jeans, underwear, socks, putting them, uh, wrapping them up,
1: putting tape on them and stuff. Separate them in separating them in the sizes, like you know, thirty four is this for men, for children? All use clothes. Uh-huh. Yeah, all use, use clothes. clothes all use underwear. Them. All use socks. Like everything you can imagine, but like. They need them.
0: There was also people um, putting in plastic bags, sanitary napkins for women, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste. There was also a gentleman that came upstairs and used the shower while we were there and came out and asked for a specific size of clothes that we gave him and a specific uh, size of sneakers. And then after we did that, um, we went downstairs and I said, "Would you like to deliver the food that we we made?" And we we're like, "Yeah, let's do that." So we hopped in a the car. There's two routes that they go on. There's a route that actually goes from Santa Catarina to the Liverpool. Uh, I don't know where that is. Which
3: Liverpool?
2: Is. It's like Following like
3: the train, uh-huh. like that, yeah. the the yeah. train so tracks. Uh, Cumbres
2: area, I believe. Yes.
3: Yes. No, no, yeah, no. It was no. the beginning, no. I guess. Yeah. It's where Eddie's Can offices. There, yes? But down... uh, Ah, yes. That's Cumbre's area. Well, again, for people who wouldn't know that, we're talking about a stretch of, like, how many kilometers? Maybe maybe 10. From here, yeah.
0: Maybe 10 kilometers. Uh, And they're underneath uh, bypasses. So that's where a lot of them hang out at. And you wouldn't even realize it because they hang out there, one, uh, for the shelter, for the sun, the rain, the wind. Um, They sleep there. Uh, They come out during red lights, you know, where the stoplights are, they come out. Um,
1: and you put something on your car, like a Monarcha thing, and we put on jackets, like, how do you call them? Like, like a vest? Ja- vest? Yeah, you put on a, a vest,
0: vest at the construction workers' work. Oh, so they can identify uh-huh, yes. you guys, okay. Uh-huh. And uh, you beep your horn, and.
1: They start running, yeah, and. they then come
0: running to you. Oh. Yeah, and they're really kind. At first, we didn't know how to, you know, we're just handing them food, but the more you start seeing them, you can start having conversations.
1: Conversations, and it's so beautiful. Like, you really have a connection. At the beginning, you can't even look them in the eye, but later on, like, every week, like, we build a relationship, and it's so nice. Like, uh, I don't know, I, I... it's a very fulfilling thing. I wish we could do more, but uh, I mean, I know that this is the, this is the help they need. Like this is the this is they really appreciate this kind of.
0: The really great thing what Casa Monarch is doing now, it's not really the biggest casa, but they're in the process of building, uh, actually right up right behind us here in Santa Caterina, right by the. Uh, by the church. Okay. Uh, they're building uh, a Casa Monarca that can actually sleep 115 people. Wow. Yeah. They actually ask a lot of the migrants. They'll put migrants to work if they don't want to be on the street. Uh, you could work for Casa Monarca and they will have them doing things, uh, either going on routes, um, helping in the office, making... They make little business cards that we actually, when we're delivering the food, we we'll actually say, look, if you need anything, if you need any clothing, shower. if you need any help, a shower, Here's the location. Please go there, and they'll be like, "All right, thanks a lot." But we rather stay on the street because once they leave the street, they're not making any money. You know, and you know, there's been times that we've run out of food. Trying to give money, uh,
3: we tried to give 200, 200 pesos once, and they were like, "This, no, 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 no. that's too
1: much, too much money." This is too much money. This is too much yeah.
3: money. yeah. 200 pesos would be again. Yeah. yeah, let's say ten dollars yeah. and. If they're saying that, that's, that's probably like a day's work, yeah. uh, like all of that. But they're like, no, you're giving me too much time. Mm-hmm. So they're not like just looking no. for money no. and, no. and, no. and they want to earn it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that like you were saying like delivering food or offering shelter is one thing, but they want to go in a direction where uh, the best way of helping somebody is giving them a status, like um, giving them the right to work, the right to just be That's able what they're to trying to do. The biggest challenges that Casa
0: Monarca faces is government pushback. Yeah. Uh, Government pushback in the high places, specifically in uh, this part of the world, from what Father Zavala uh, has talked to me about, uh, as the United States. uh, And over in the European areas, there's pushback over there too.
2: Yeah, it's interesting to say that reading on their their website, what they're looking for for some of the interns and and projects that they want to pursue are like, Like is helping their legal team with Mm -hmm. developing arguments and for the rights of of migrants so uh, they're really looking for like researchers and people who can really push I guess you know those government and those laws so have you ever run into any interns because I I did a little research on their website and they do invite interns both locally and internationally and I think the purpose is to work on like research to advance some of the some of the, like, legalities and migrant laws and migrant rights? Have you ever run into any?
1: Uh, we yeah. have
0: run into, yeah. um, it was a, I, I don't know her name. I don't know. Uh, we bumped into her on a, a Saturday after we, re, we returned from delivering food, and she was talking about um, specifically the caravan that they were supposedly talking about in the States that was just coming up. Yeah. And she can't believe the tweets that people were We're responding to the negativity of just what's happening in in Monterey and with the migrants, with this push, they say, is is coming from Latin America. Um, That's really the only person that I've met as as an intern. We have met uh, migrants that are working there now, Um, but that's the only intern I think that we've met. I know I've met their their lawyer. I've met... uh,
1: they have like all the time like we also exactly. witness their, they have telephone conference calls like from different parts of the world like l- the other shelters who are helping the migrants like I know that they sometimes have telephone co- telephone how do you conference, say yeah, conferences conference call yeah uh, so they were all bringing their problems and they were dealing with. Uh, Places from different parts of the world. I know there's a sociologist lady that I met there, she works there, but in a different part, like uniting all the power or something.
4: Oh, I was just wondering, you were saying the community wasn't really uh, backing. Yeah, there was
1: one person. Yeah. Oh, there was
4: one. Well, and yeah. then also, I don't know, maybe originally Santa Catarina wow. wasn't for having Casa Monarca there, but. Menarca probably came to Santa Catarina or decided to open in Santa Catarina because of where the migrants are or well, how is it
0: We related? had to realize Father Zavala uh, he has his mass every Sunday uh, at that the church up there so he's really well known in the community and he was he started helping these these people uh, uh, because that's what he loves to do I mean he has such a, a beautiful heart, that when he just wants to help these people. Um, I know he just had health issues recently. He had a heart attack. I can't imagine the stress that he's under, even just try, trying to raise money to build this shelter and trying to get the approval from uh, the, uh, the mayor, the municipality, from the neighbors around, um, because it could act, a lot of people don't look at it in a, in a positive way. And like I said, there was the one gentleman that, that was against it, but then everything is, is fine now.
4: Yeah. But are there more migrants in this part of the city because of the railroad?
0: Uh, one of the major stories that during the presentation that Father Zavala talks about is when they try to get on these trains, mm-hmm. and when they get on the trains and they're coming through or they're yeah. trying to get to Monterey, uh, they all want to get to Monterey because this is... One of the highest... Okay, that's uh, important. People could get a lot of money here. Um, It's one of the highest paid areas in Mexico.
3: Oh, it is the third biggest city in Mexico, I guess. It's in the way to the United States. It's It's industrial. Industrial. industrial,
0: So the hardest thing is trying to get into the States. But what happens on the trains, uh, people are beaten. uh, They're robbed. Women are raped. Uh, People have actually been pushed off trains. Their legs have been amputated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... What they're going through trying to get to the States, um, I can't even imagine what you know, some of them, especially that, that young lady who, the intern who was a migrant, where was she from? Do you remember? Uh,
1: Guatemala. She, she was, was from, from Guatemala.
0: Just, you know, taking us on a route one day and she was, I can't even imagine what she... Yeah. you know has been through You know, yeah, I on.
1: asked her like how did you do this like weren't you scared and she's so young she says I was scared but I had no other choice so when you don't have another choice that's yeah. what you have to do and uh, now she's appreciating working for the migrants helping them I mean, she's one of them, but Father Zavala and Casa Monarca really gave her something. And then now she's she's understanding them very well. And then, I mean, she has hope. I mean, she's doing something good, like, for the people who are coming from the same ways that she came through.
2: And that, as a question, do you think that uh, Casa Monarca offers a solution to the migrants passing through? Is it, um, I think it's a Band-Aid, yeah.
0: I think it's a great thing that they're doing, but the same people... I don't know how many migrants are actually coming through. We've always just seen the same mm-hmm. migrants. Yes. I mean, it's not like there's a huge changeover.
1: No. You know, it's, mm-hmm.
0: We ask them how long you've been here, six, six
1: months. Six months, yeah. You
0: know, eight months. Uh, I just got here three, four days ago. And then we keep seeing the same people all the time. What it's like from where they're leaving, especially when they're with their families, to to want to live out in the streets. And... Like you said earlier, I mean, the winters here could be pretty nasty. You know, yeah. we have a pillow that we put our heads on a pillow at night. We could we could put on our propane heater or turn on our air conditioner with heat. You know, they're outside just on the pavement. And I can't even imagine, even if it rains,
2: how how bad that is. Maybe something could, could come out of it. We can research this more, but they, like... If people are using Casa Monarca or do, like, with conference calls with other, mm-hmm. you know, other countries and, and really researching the laws and, and fighting for, like, you know, making those laws better in, in yeah, Mexico and in Monterey, yeah. maybe it will be helpful. Like, if they can
3: use it as a research point. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. is just a, a band-aid, maybe.
2: Yeah.
3: I knew that we were going to have this conversation about Casa Monarca, Now, hearing it from friends or active people who are trying to improve the situation, completely eye-opening, it's so overwhelming to see all this damage, all this sorrow, that it's very easy to just, like, pretend it's not out there. And instead of that, you guys are going, like, and involving people. And I think that's the reason why we're recording this. We want to reach a a bigger audience and let people know what's actually going on. and, And so... If that is the case, how do you think, in your own perspective, how can we help Casa Monarca have a bigger impact? Here's a funny story. Uh, uh,
0: You were actually cooking a lot that day. I was working with a gentleman in the kitchen. It was his second time ever at Casa Monarca. And I was speaking to him, and I was like, so let me ask you a question. How did you, why did you start coming to Casa Monarca? And he goes, well, this is only my second week. And he said, you know, People have always been saying to me, go to Casa Monarca, it could help out the migrants. He goes, I've been living here my whole life. He goes, I don't even know the migrants that these people are talking about because I never see any migrants. Yeah. So he, the week before he was at Casa and he was in the kitchen, he was just putting things and crackers in a plastic bag and he helped deliver. And he goes, it was the first time in my life that I saw migrants. And the thing that bothered me the most, they were in front of my face my whole life. And I never even noticed them. And he said, um, the places that we went to, uh, they're always just right around. And it just comes to a point that everything just blends in and we don't even see it. So he goes, that's why I came back the second week. He goes, because I'm sick and tired of just passing by them my entire life, not even realizing that they're right there. Mm. And they're right in front of our face all the time. It's just become this normality. And the hardest thing that, that Father Zavala said is at their new location that they were trying to you know that they're building right now is getting the community around to actually agree to it you know I mean he Mm -hmm. had to go around and and talk to people like you know this is what we're doing there was one uh, he told me there was one family or one gentleman that didn't want it but then he changed his mind so it was actually holding up the entire situation but everything is great now When they first started Casa Monarca, uh, they were getting a lot of pushback, actually, from the municipality here in Santa Catarina. But now the municipality is really for Casa Monarca. Um, However, I know that a lot of the surrounding areas are not. They actually, they don't think that the migrants are good for for this area. And they're already labeled, just like we label people in our ways but these people are already labeled as being bad people
1: but I also want to answer your question like if someone wants to help Casa I think we need to be organized, very well organized, because some Saturdays we go and the the kitchen is packed and then we want to do other things, but then no need for help, they say, because other students, like from Tech, the Monterey, from uh, different schools, like also the teachers bring their kids too. So, I mean, there's sometimes too many people and you don't have anything to do and you want to help them. I think uh, like the best thing I would recommend is like to tell them beforehand that you are this Saturday we are coming or like uh, being in touch with Father Zavala, so he lets the group know that because there are certain people, who are working there like for one month this lady is the head of the kitchen for example and she needs to know how many people are coming and she uh, so i think a little bit of organization is needed for this like we if you just show up one saturday they would appreciate but then maybe there's nothing for you to do that yeah. saturday um
4: well just to add to that <laughs> just hearing what you guys were saying about the first week you went out to see people and deliver food, you didn't really have a conversation or um, a connection, but as you continue to go and be consistent, mm-hmm. you connected and you learn their stories. Yes. And now you're sharing them with us. So probably, like you said, be organized and uh-huh. Um, let them know when you're coming, but also maybe try to be consistent and uh-huh.
2: show up. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, just that familiar yeah. face yes. for the people out in the yes. streets, uh-huh. you notice a difference. Yeah. Or even just for maybe you
4: can be more of a help once you know mm-hmm. the ins and outs of Casa yeah.
1: Monarca, so. what they need. Or what. Yeah. Uh, we also, now that we know where they live, like where they are hanging out most of the time, we don't need to work for Casa Monarca. Like, we even when we drive that way, if we see them, we always try try to give them bottles of water or some some like or money or something like that you know where they are and like you just whatever you give to them it's going to be appreciated but of course Casa Monarca is the best way to reach them like so you can do more for them not only giving that in organized uh-huh, way you yes, yes. mentioned uh-huh. before yeah. Yeah.
0: the one yeah. thing he really tries to push is how no matter where you go you could be labeled as an illegal type of person Mm. And he's just like, how could you even get a a, a terminology like that? You know, these are people, they're migrants, they're not trying to break into houses, they're trying to get to a place uh, to start a better life, and they're already labeled as being...
2: Illegal. Yeah, funny it, right. say. I'm reading right on their website. It's a pretty amazing picture or image, but their kind of slogan is is no human being is illegal. So and
1: you read it all over the, uh, Casa Monarca. You are working in the kitchen. You read no human being is illegal. Like you read it everywhere. Is there? It's like, important yes, for people to, uh-huh. I think, to see. It.
3: As, as a Venezuelan, like as like a potentially illegal person, most of the places that I go. I'm not only talking about the obvious choices, but like everywhere I go, I need a visa, right? And um, I'm not familiar with that situation, but I I can, if I have the means to follow the legal process and get a visa, get a pre-approved situation to go from point A to point B, I can't even imagine having to do that without that backup, like without the means and, and just like being exposed Right. Cause that's where you are. and not only exposed, but having that feeling that you don't belong and that you're not welcome, like like an elephant on your shoulders right. it's got to be overwhelming. Yeah. Ahead,
1: I feel the same way because I'm from Turkey and my passport is Turkish, which I'm so happy that I'm Turkish. But like uh, like unfortunately, since I met like Michael, like uh, we started traveling around the world, like I need a visa, and every time I need to go like i go to an airport or to a border like i always i'm either me or him we are getting pulled and i can't even imagine like these people what like you said what they go through like because we we are not uh, migrants but like uh, we go through this because we are not from the western countries like i should say western or like i don't know they look at these people, these people, they look at these countries as, as third-world countries. So I mean, uh, because that's why we need visas. Like we are not, like they don't trust us. Unfortunately, that's the way. The meaning of a visa is that I don't have the freedom to go to another country as a Turkish citizen. And and where what's going on around that part of the world, like Syria? My family lives right by the border. My mother's family and uh, like luckily we come like we have a comfortable life like they all do, but uh, if they didn't have the life that they did, like they didn't have those things, they they were going to be leaving their their homes too. So they would be going from one country to the other country too. I mean, and the sad thing is like there are lots of Syrians uh, in Turkey. And uh, knowing that one day Turkey could be in the shoes of Syria, too. Even, like, Turkish people don't have compassion for Syrian people. Nobody wants to open their borders. Like, uh, that's what uh, I don't know. I
2: don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely an issue that's, I don't know, it seems to be maybe growing around yeah. the world. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, no, else? thank you so much thank for you. sharing your
3: stories, guys. Thank you. um, thank you. um, yeah. Hopefully, as... Uh, you know, people will want to join this and uh, will contact us or will contact you guys. And uh, I think that we all <laughs> want help, just whichever way we can, just a little bit more. Um, well, thanks a lot for uh, for inviting us for this interview. It was great. We're actually in your house. Yeah, you're, I know. You invited us. <laughs> so I invite you for, let's, let's get
2: for to breakfast. breakfast. We're going to eat breakfast, breakfast now. now. <laughs> all
4: right. All right. Thank
3: you so much. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank thanks for what you do. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, I think we just wanted to close up by saying um, Casa Monarca has a really amazing website where they host a lot of information. So for volunteer opportunities, these people in these organizations definitely need all the support and help they can get. So um, that's just... One recommendation uh, I, I can take away from listening to these guys who are volunteering, but uh, yeah,
3: check out the Casa Monarca website and explore uh, what's happening in your city. Don't unsee them. If you actually yeah. pay attention, they're, they're human beings. They need our help. And if you're listening to this, you probably can find the website in uh, the description of this episode. But if not, please check out www.casamonarca.org.mx. Thanks for listening, guys.
4: Bye-bye.